Cosmic Octave Original Podcast. We're live at the Bacon Fest, Octave Off Topic. Jake's laughing too fucking hard. But what do you think about pro wrestling, Jake? Well, I don't know. We haven't started yet. Okay, that wasn't very loud. We haven't started yet. Sweet. But it's going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> Bacon Fest, baby. All right, so we just got done with Bacon Fest. We were there for about an hour. We got to see some pro wrestling. What'd you think, Jake? I thought the storytelling was needed some work, but you know, it's indie wrestling. Uh, for what I saw for a little yeah. hour slices things at Bacon Fest, I thought it was great, know. man. I really got into it. I that was you know, fun. It was a lot it of fun. It was fun. Yeah, it was my first um, pro wrestling show in like two years. I've never been to one, so I was just like super excited. Um, lots of great sound drops that we'll drop to you on the show. Hit him with the German. Hit him with the German. Go tassels. Fire pants. Fire pants. Okay, but uh, we'll talk to you later. Right now, um, I've had a ton of bacon, and I got to take. We apologize shit. in advance if the audio sucks. We're just, I got to take We're your just shit. recording from our phone, so you're recording. Sucks, we apologize from your fucking phone. Your phone. Oh, all right, cool. I'm upset. Me and Jake running down the street with a handful of comic books, kicking ass and. Yeah. Banging chicks and drinking beer. No, not and me. Smoking I'm, not weed. me. I'm married. Oh, yeah, well, I'm married. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Off panel, off topic with Jake and Tyler. What? That's right, Skeletor. What was that? What the fuck happened? Wow. To our show. What? What? Uh, yeah, that was from uh, live reports from Bacon Fest. Yeah. I'm super comfortable right now. Why are you... You're going to fall, it seems like. You're going to fucking fall. You reclined that chair so far back. I've never seen it go that far. (laughs) You're such a lot of piece of shit. I am the theater of the minding you. (laughs) Open your mind. So we went to Bacon Fest. Yeah, the prices were steep. One million dollars, bitch. (laughs) No, it didn't cost Uh, that much. I don't know. I got free tickets. Yeah, we got got gifted some free tickets Mm. from uh, Tyler's work. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'd never been. It's the 14th annual. Um, it used to be. I thought, well, I, and I, I think it's a uh, Blue Ribbon thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival. Yeah, because yeah, Link, Lincoln had one. Yeah, it was the Bacon Gras yeah. um, was the theme this year, which, okay. Like I, saw Mardi Gras some, I saw some dudes with some serious fucking beads. And if you know anything about Mardi Gras itself, those little shitty beads that you get when you go to the bars here in Iowa... Like, that's not what's going to get you any titties down in Mardi Gras. Jeez. No, no, I'm serious. My buddy Derek has gone down to Mardi Gras multiple times. (laughs) Yeah. I know this is crass, but they still show titties for beads down there, okay? So I'm going to say titties. And he brought back, I actually have a a collection of really fantastic, like really (laughs) ornate uh, Mardi Gras beads because he brought them back. And he gave me like two or three of them, and I still have them somewhere. Um, I don't really go to the bars anymore, but if I ever did up here in Iowa, I would take them and probably see some spectacular titties. But did you see the one dude nice. who had the who had the, the the heart like this big and shit around his? No, I didn't see that. You didn't see the guy with the giant beads around. Well, his- first of all, I didn't know we could wear costumes, and I would have wore a costume. <laughs> so, lot of lot of hey, check out my boobs, check out my. Well, I mean, if there's a chance to, but, uh, if there's a chance to dress like a sexy something, why not? Why not? I was not complaining. I'm all for it. I was saying that we saw a lot of it. Express yourself, mm. as that song would say. 
Express yourself. You know what's funny? I don't, I don't think of that song. I think of the, with the uh, when Ice Cube sampled it. Mm. I always think of that song. That's weird. Because that's where my brain goes. That's not weird. So, oh, we, so I, I got I got tickets through work. Anyway, right? yeah, back yeah, to so Vegas. We're not talking about we, Ice Cube. We, okay, so first things first. Like I'm at the I'm at the station, and uh, I realize because it's usually downtown. I thought, but it's not. I figure out like right before I go down downstairs to meet Jake. Um, I'm like, okay, I'd already. Well, I yeah, and I he'd already left. left. Yeah, but he lives like 15 minutes away from town. So okay, so we're down there. And I'm like, let me check and make sure so I know like what parking garage I want to try for, you know, because I yeah. figured we parked in a like, parking garage. Oh wait a minute! It's oh in- wait, it's in Clive, you know. So okay, yeah. so it makes more sense to go park at this other place, and then uh, he gets in my car. We go down to the thing, and I'm gonna park across the street. But you know what? We go through there, and there's like these two strips of parking that like aren't connected to anything. The Burger King is closed. It's not really part of the Casey's. It's not so it's like fuck it, let's park here. So we parked real close. Um it was nice out, gorgeous Actually, out. Yeah, it, well gorgeous. It was forty degrees, but for for the last When we got out it was nice. The last few days when it's been like seven degrees oh, outside, yeah. you know, I'll gladly take a forty That's degree day. How you know we're Midwesterners yeah, is exactly. we were like, Oh dude, it's hoodie weather. Anybody like, what? anybody listening to this outside the Midwest are like forty fucking degrees, yeah, are you people insane? California and Texas are like, yeah. I'm bundling up. Like, um Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, it was fun. It was, uh, I got, I was. First one. We did make a joke because of us just, you know, just two dudes going. Mm. I did make a joke. I'm like, this seems like a bro date kind of. I knew that you were wrong when you said that. Oh, I thought you were saying sausage fest. No, no, no. I was saying like, it's just a, it's just something that you and some guys would do, you know, just a group of dudes. Because when you think of it. His wife is totally setting him off like with a sandwich. And and I'm not saying there weren't women. And like $20. There there were plenty of women, but it just seemed funny because we kept seeing like, like groups. Like, like when you can point out it, not necessarily that this was a bachelor party, but it's like when you can point out bachelor parties and stuff, Mm. like you could point out like, Oh, these are just a couple of dudes who just want to walk around and eat some meat. And you know what? That's what I wanted to do. And I had, I was joking with you about this in the car when we parked. I'm like, I love this idea of bacon fest because it is such that is some dude somewhere was like, how about, yeah. We just find different ways to make bacon. And I'm pissed that I didn't think of it. And we just. And we just have it, and then we'll have some pro wrestling and live music, and it's just dudes walking around eating meat. And you know what? It's simple, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I what I when we for however long we were there. I'll say this: um, the 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 price was free. Um, <laughs> so had I had paid for it, I'd probably be a little bit disappointed. Did we spend any money? We didn't, did we? Uh, or did no, you ha- no, no, because I had I I I got you I got that with the drink tickets. I got a beer, but that was just that was two drink tickets. So I yeah, got two I, sodas with my two drink tickets. So I never bought anything, and I still had to drive home. So I was I only had the one beer. I was like, ah, I don't really need to drink. So yeah, no, yeah, it was literally just something to sip. Because the last thing I want to do is call up my pregnant wife, <laughs> who's almost nine months pregnant yeah. at this point. Be like, hey, honey, when you get off work, which I'm glad you're doing, uh, while yeah, right? I'm fucking hammered at Bacon Fest, but can you come pick me up, please? Yeah. Be real shitty. Um, so we walked around, and, and I- and Which is growth, because a couple years ago, uh, I might have considered it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'll say this. Uh, Jake is a lot more reserved in public than he used to be. I uh, am, yeah. But, but I you have a lot be... more to lose than I do. 
<laughs> if you, that, that's how I took it yesterday. Is like, um, it's, like it's it, not like you were just like totally not like you were cheering and stuff and clapping and right. I was just more. I, it, well, you know what's funny is I honestly think it's. I feel like I, I have no, less to lose. No, let me explain this. Because uh, I feel like a lot of people could relate to this. Uh-huh. I think it was. I think it's been COVID. I think it's okay. Been the two years that we've been dealing with this has kind of. I haven't been out to a bigger event. I mean, I. I kind I'm of put think- it out of my mind when we were in there. I think, and that's why it didn't affect me. I think. Yeah, but that that caused me to have some weird social anxiety that okay. I've never really had before. And that's I'm, fair. I'm fine. I mean, I was I was totally fine. Like I yeah, wasn't. No, you weren't like. I wasn't. I wasn't having a panic attack <laughs> no. or anything like that. No, I, I just honestly, it's true. I just I'm trying to be more conscious about this because um, this is probably the last time I'm going to do something with a big group of people for a long time. Because yeah. um, you know I have the baby on the way, and now I'm also kind of in this thing where like I don't really want to do that anymore because I don't want to risk. And I mean I'm vaccinated i'm boosted but i don't want to risk bringing that home so i i i i I don't know i got in my own head about it and and i probably could have had more fun here's the other thing i wasn't thinking about that like in a year from now or maybe even two years right when the baby's a little you know a little older um you know and you say you and ashley both go to like that that would be like a fun couples thing i think you know yeah, that would be something you but both could I don't, enjoy. I don't. Here, my problem with it is probably the same problem you had. Uh, I just didn't feel like there was enough vendors to really make it with. True. If we, had I'm paid talking for about. It, yeah, I'm talking about like I, I, uh, I, I was saying like the reason why a lot of people like yourself don't really need to go, don't really do, it doesn't do it for them anymore, is because like you're not really looking for anything. And I feel like a lot of those like, well, I mean, yeah. large Had groups, I been drinking, it probably would have had a little bit more fun. Right. But we didn't need to. I didn't want to, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, honestly- I don't really like, drink that much anymore anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm more suited for those because I'm still looking for the woman of my dreams. <laughs> uh, but I I had a lot of fun. And the pro wrestling, I really got into it. I got into it a lot more than yeah, I thought I Yeah. Honestly, I'm- Can we talk about- uh, f- f- uh, no, I want to. Well, that's what's funny about it is, um, we it was uh, Impact Pro Wrestling. It's yeah. a uh, local Iowa promotion. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see, go to their next show, which is uh, next but we weekend. Understand it. No, no, I wanted to go to the show next week, but uh, the problem is uh, I have other things going on. One, it's the Batman. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's because I have um, baby showers and baby things to do. Uh, and then, just kidding. I was going to go see the Batman afterwards. Yeah. So I wasn't going to be able to see that show, but I it's, it's a local thing, so I would not mind going to other shows. I got a picture with the with the champ after he retained <laughs> his belt. He's in a triple threat match next week. Who was uh who was he fighting again? He was fighting I, the dude with Metallica t-shirt. Well, here's the problem. Let's get into that. So we mostly went just to eat some bacon and watch some fucking indie pro wrestling because i've never been to like an indie show or anything like this because i've never been to a live and you never yeah and and i was super excited i've been to like five or six wwe shows this is what dudes do i i'm 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 not a guy (laughs) but there are some guy things that i i love and one of them is live pro wrestling no it is it sounds fun to me look i'm not saying that Women, or monster truck look, rallies. I'm not saying that women still going to shut up. 
I'm saying that women don't. Uh, I'm not saying that women don't enjoy pro wrestling. Women enjoy pro wrestling. There but are I a think, lot of ladies there. Yeah, yeah, but I but I think there's just a different level, like you're talking about, when it's just you and a buddy, and you're just like, let's go to this wrestling show and just get totally. You know, if you have an Uber or something, let's get trashed and watch this wrestling show. You know, whatever. And I could, I tell you, man, it is so much fun because when you're, you got a friend that just says, okay, I don't really care about wrestling, but I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to boo you have to. and I'm going to cheer Yes, because then you're a part of the, say what you will about pro wrestling mm-hmm. and look, believe me as someone who's watched pro wrestling for a good portion of my life, there are some really shit, like really dumb fucking shit that oh, I yeah. cannot defend. Yep. And then there's some really amazing shit where I point to, I'm like, this is why I love this. Let me, and, yeah. and. And I think that's what makes indie shows so fun mm. and just this little slice that I got to experience of an indie show because they're a lot freer with their characters. Yeah. So they could do shit that they that you could do on the indie level that you can't do on TV. It would just wouldn't work. It's just like like before he, we found out he was a alleged rapist piece of shit, uh, there's this guy named Joey Ryan. Uh. His main move was it, the guy went to grab him on the dick and he used his dick to flip the guy over. And his like big super move was he just beats people with his penis. It's stupid. Doesn't work on TV, but it's funny as hell in an indie show. You know what I mean? That's funny as shit. But anyway, you were saying with, with your experience. Because you've never been to a well, wrestling Well, no. Show. I used to watch pro wrestling a lot uh, back in like um, the, the 80, 90, In the 90s. early 80s, they had a, um, a cartoon show. Oh, yeah. And it was like the, all, the, all the wrestlers as like little kids. And Captain Lou Albano was, was like a, Hulk a staple. Hogan something. I know that. Yeah, uh, but the, like Junkyard Dog and Roddy Pi- and and there was villain kids, and then there was yeah. you know, and of course it was all the, you know, the villain wrestlers like Ivan the Terrible and the uh, Iron Sheik. Uh, but they were all kids, and they had these adventures. But it was interspersed with like live action uh, stuff. Um, back then, pro wrestling as it was wasn't really on TV, so you yeah. you know that was kind of cool to see. Uh, but also, um, I think my favorite thing about it was um, that that you y- you just I I liked the characters, I liked all that shit, and then I I watched a lot of it when NWO was first. Uh, coming out and yeah. everything, and and I really was a big fan of Sting, and Goldberg was one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a little ahead of like Stone Cold and, and John Cena and all that. But I, what I want to say about wrestlers is there's no there's no doubt in my mind, and and, and why it it shouldn't be a surprise at all to any of us that guys like John Cena, Dave Batista, great the Rock actors, yeah. are are doing so well well, at so on. many different things. Good actors are what they do. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say great actors, but I'm saying they they, they like Think about it like this. A pro wrestler has to be four things yeah. at once. He has to be an athlete first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Secondly, he has to be an actor, okay? Mm-hmm. Third, he has to be an MC for himself, yeah. And fourth, he has to be a stuntman. Mm-hmm. That's four fucking things you have to be every night or whatever that you're yeah. wrestling. And that's why a lot of guys, and we've talked about this before on the show, that's why a lot of pro wrestlers, when they go off and do these movies, mm-hmm. they, they're they so surprised that, like, oh, we can do another take. Because they're so used to having a live audience. and Right, and they usually don't And that, And, and, and that's what's take. funny is you got sucked into it because you you were forced to be a part of it. And that's what I love about pro wrestling is the audience is such a crucial component. I feel like, yeah, I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday about it and I was saying like, look, we all understand that this is silly. Like 
ultimately, this is oh, silly. It's stupid. What's going on ahead of it, in front of us is really silly. The guys dressed in costumes, it's really silly. All of this. The fact that we're watching it, the fact that we're excited. But if we all embrace the stupidity and the silliness, it's going to be so much more enjoyable for everybody. The wrestlers are going to have a better yeah. time. And, we're going to have a better time. And that's why there's so much overlap between... Yeah. Uh, like comic book fans and pro and pro wrestling fans, because when you embrace that, uh, yes, sometimes this stuff is going to be really fucking stupid and silly and out there, but then at the underneath, there's always compelling, cool stories you can tell. And there's times that dude, there's times that pro wrestling's hooked me in where, uh, when Daniel Bryan, uh, was making his big run where all these arenas were chanting. Yes. Uh, Oh shit. No, they, they were chanting this Tyler. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. That's what it was. It was three yeses. But uh, no, I was in. The, I was in. The, I was a part of that. I was in an arena on the road to WrestleMania, as they mm. would call it. Yeah. And he had a match with Randy Orton, and everybody in that fucking arena was compelled and was rooting. I would for love this guy. to see it like in a big arena. So, like that, so though. that's what I mean. Like, yeah, th there's always that element to it of you invest yourself, and that's why I love it and, and how upfront they are. Like, yeah, they're characters. We made this shit up. It's 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 fucking and it's all, the joke has always been it's soap opera for guys, mm. and that's fine. But like you were talking about, it's it is really fun for that hour that I got to just turn my brain off and yeah. just watch a bunch of dudes slap each other and just be part of the uh, bunch uh, of dudes, a, bunch of dudes yeah. choreograph fight each other. It was very <laughs> choreographed too. I mean, it was fun. They did no, some but if, crazy moves. I'm the one who told you this. I like, go, well, if you watch, whenever yeah. they're in a move, you can tell one of them is saying something in the other guy's ear. They're they're literally calling, and that's what's so cool yeah. about pro wrestling. They're choreographing it on the spot. Here's how I would have done Bacon Fest. Here, take note. Not that you're listening, but. <laughs> Um, here's how I would have done it differently, okay? As soon as the band got done, I would have turned the PA for that for that entire big-ass room onto the guy's mic. Because I, yeah, there's the no... Yeah, the mic kept there's no, no You couldn't was, hear anything. It was... The mic was not that loud, but also they, they started playing music on the PA where, uh, where the band was going to play in an hour. Because there was music playing back there, and that's why... You know, and I'm like, just hook his mic into the PA system for the whole fucking room. Yeah, like make people know, like, hey, right now this hour, pro fucking wrestling, get your ass over here. Mm -hmm. That's what I would have done differently, because then we could have fucking heard what was going on. Yeah, because um, we couldn't hear anything. No. And they had a. It started off weird too. It yeah, was like they had a weird segment where this guy was with a guy with a was bottle an of water and squirting him like a cat. And, Weird and he and then first this of all, Cajun first dude. of all, let me tell you something. This is yeah. what I love about it being a. <laughs> uh, 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 it just started a bacon fest. Is yeah. I'm gonna take the mic off to uh, okay pretend I'm in the ring. Oh yeah, to yeah. Tell you how yeah. this guy got over for heel heat, which he is tried to. It hilarious. didn't work very well though. And this is the thing: nobody knows who to cheer for. By the way, because nobody really follows this unless mm -hmm. you're like really into the, the Impact Pro Wrestling, mm -hmm. which again you should be support for, for support absolutely local, support local wrestling. We should actually see if we can get one of those guys on the I show. You know, man, I bet you they would. Man, I would love to go to one of their shows. Get, see if we can get Jeffries on the show, man. <laughs> the Steve Irwin lookalike. He told me he liked my Macho Man shirt, so there you go. Yeah, uh, dude. Anyway, so he, he, I'm gonna I'm gonna role play as this guy. First of all, there's a there's a grown adult in a fucking alligator suit at this point who's acting like a cat and he's spraying him with a, a water Very bottle. reminiscent of the gimp scene in uh, this Pulp is, Fiction. This is one of those things with pro By wrestling where I'm like, okay, 
I wonder, get it. Wondering what's it, going you on. You got to have a scenes. silly segment to get everybody in to be like, what the fuck is going on? But here's a guy <laughs> in the ring. Bacon sucks. <laughs> and he didn't get the reaction it's, he thought. It's an inferior meat. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was great because we're just like, we're like, I kind of tried to be like, boo, you know, but like nobody else was because everybody had just sat down and nobody knew what was going on yet. I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a writer's note here. Should have made him vegan. Should have made yeah. him a vegan. Bacon sucks and you're all fat losers. And I know that because I'm a vegan. Yeah. That's well, what like killing did. animals is wrong or yeah, something. Exactly. Because make him because a pita listen, fucking Listen, pita. people, if you're going to write pro wrestling. A pita, Peter? Write something that's actually a okay cause, but make it annoying. Inferior. Yeah. Like Daniel Inferior Bryan. Meat. Speaking of Daniel Bryan earlier, his last Watch run. Him, his last WWE Jesus. title. Shut up. His last <laughs> WWE title run. His whole gimmick was he, first of all, he changed the belt to be hemp. Like it was a hemp strap instead of leather because it killed cows, which again, not a bad cause. And then his whole thing is he was the planet's champion and he was like for climate change and all this stuff. So he, he became the villain, but see, it's not a bad cause. See, if you want to ride a good heel, it's got to be a good cause, but wrestling sure. fans hate him because we have to live in bizarro world. So after we watch this like kind of shit show, because again, nobody really knows what's going on, and the mic is terrible. So then after that, we have, again, another situation of who we were rooting for. This guy comes out in this big gold cape, this man bun, blonde hair. Well, no, no. Uh, first, the Cajun guy came out. Uh, oh, God. That segment never ended. If right. Like. But, right. But <laughs> I felt like we should cheer for the Cajun guy. So I was cheering for the Cajun guy who couldn't hear him at all. Anyway, but they were teasing like the other match. The, the there late, was a, at two o'clock was going to yeah. be another hour, which we had, were not. Let's just say the Bacon Fest clientele was not my crowd. Uh, and that's fine. That's fair. Uh, but we I were was there. really full. Yeah. <laughs> we were there, um, and uh, uh, then, yeah, please ex uh, tell us about the man bun guy, because that was fun. Yeah, so he comes out with a gold That's cape. Really People don't know good. who to root for or anything, so we cheer for him, and then he's like, you all suck, and we're like, okay, so you're the bad guy now. Yep, yep. Uh <laughs> So then this other guy comes out. By the way, this is a title match. I didn't know that guy. <laughs> That's fucking great. I had the no guy idea. Had the belt. I didn't know it was a title match. I, when I got to Bacon Fest, I had no idea that I would see the belt change hands. But man, it did. What a night! What a night! It's just a <laughs> impromptu. So then there this were two guy, fucking title this matches. other guy comes out who yeah. I don't know. They call we we called him Fire Pants. The fans called him Fire Pants because he had fire in his pants early in the uh, report. He had a big old thing called the Ugly Stick, and if you saw it wrong, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What did it look like? <laughs> if you saw it wrong, Tyler, <laughs> what? Give what? me a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a fuck. There were a couple times you swing it around. I was like, "Did that just say give me a fuck?" How did you? Get I don't know. <laughs> give, give me, me a, a fuck. fuck. <laughs> give me a dick. Give me a vagina. Yeah. I don't know. <coughs> Jake's dying. No, but I got pictures of it, uh, which is great. Um, <laughs> give me a fuck. Here's what I was pissed I'll about for that guy because it was a fun match. I thought the yeah, guys were match. both really into it. Yeah. Um, the, Solid the, the heel was really. He was exactly what you want. He was he he was kind of uh he wasn't you know bad looking, so he's kind of you know uh like a, a golden Say, boy type him. of thing. No, I'm kidding. No, he's, he's uh, a good looking guy. No, but but I mean like he he's the kind of guy you love to hate, you know. 
Uh, and the other guy was like more of a, he had a stick, so he was more of a working man. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's more of a lunch pail guy, as they call him on. He was an outcast you know. type, you know. Right, yeah, he's the, he's the underdog. Because he had like eye makeup he's on. He's fighting the, yeah, he's fighting the upper class. Uh, but he had like he this won. weird face paint. I don't know what it was. He won. You did win. But he did not use the ugly stick. And yeah, that's kept, what we were saying. He kept thinking he was going to use it because he had a. Yeah. But see, the trick was is the bad guy was going to use the belt and he reversed it and then smacked his face on the belt. Yeah, and that's, and how, that's he how he won. Which is a pretty cool way to that win. That was a fucking badass move, too. I was laughing because in my head, I'm like, he's going to pick up the stick and swat it away with the, with the, swat the belt away with the stick. I don't know. I, yeah. Well, that was good. And then we, then who was next? It was Jimmy Wilde and uh, no, what, the King God. of the Universe. Uh, Gable, Gable Gal- Galileo, <laughs> which, by the way, really is good name. in a in a fucking extreme title match uh, <laughs> next week. He is. I love uh, how I'm promoting this show for them. He was no. <laughs> he was. It was a good show, and he was interesting. I liked his character. He just walked out with a crown on, and his he was name the king on of the universe. Butt, and he's like, "See, I got the crown. I'm the king." And uh, that's what he said. I could hear him yelling. I'm the king of the universe. You see, I got a crown. And I just laughed so hard because I'm like, it's true. He's, he's got a crown. He's the king of the universe. He's got a fucking... Who are you going to... Fu- who Who's going to come down... He's got space on his pants. Who's going to come down from the skies and say, no, I'm the fucking king of the universe. Yeah, so then Jimmy Wilde come out, which, first of all, Jimmy, if you're listening, come out to Wildside. By a fucking Motley Crue if you're gonna come out to any song because your name's fucking wild. What did you come out to? Take a ride on the wild side. You know that song? What did you, yeah, what did you come out to? I don't know. I don't fucking I can't remember. remember. Uh, <laughs> there was a All lot going on, okay, is, folks? I wouldn't have thought of this joke. I gotta give props to the couple in front of me because the husband or boyfriend or whatever. It was an older couple. Uh, <laughs> Probably husband and wife. He said, uh, yeah, nothing says the good guy like construction tape tights. And I yeah. started laughing because I would have never thought that of construction tape. Because once you but it saw looked like, it, you it looked couldn't like, unsee it. Too. Yeah, it was black. It was yellow and black, and it was diagonal striped. And it looked like police tape or like fucking construction tape. Yeah. Uh, construction site tape. So we were laughing our asses off the whole time. And every time, and look, it was a fun match. Again, solid. They were all fun matches. Solid work. Yeah. Like they're not, they're, they're, you know, again. The choreography was top notch. It's indie wrestling, so they're not quite, you know, up to the level sure. of like WWE or it's AEW. Very clearly, or whatever, but not they're very clearly not hitting each other. They're still amateurs. Yeah, yes. they're still working. Out. There's very, it's very but, stage hitting. But yeah. uh, but I'll, but honestly, it, it's still good. And yeah. it, it was a solid match. It was entertaining. But what was so great about it is. Uh, <laughs> anytime he did something, I'd be like wild. I kept just saying that, and then. He wins the match. Jimmy Wilde yeah. does. He's the good guy. Well, first of all, I came out in a leather jacket and a t-shirt, which makes me laugh because the funny thing this is, is what I love he about gets part- in the ring. The yeah, King of the Universe. He's not even done with his entrance. That bastard. He starts beating him up like while he's trying to take his coat off and shit. Well, no, that's why I laugh. Because that's such a pro wow. wrestling thing. Yeah. Because as Fuck you, as man. Jimmy Wilde is in the corner, takes his shirt off. And then lays back in the corner. Jimmy, if you got enough to take your shirt off, you could probably hit the guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then he lays down right, right, right in which, front of a turnbuckle which to is get what, kneed in the fucking face. But this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Have have him hit 
Gable Galileo out of the way so he has enough time to throw his shirt yeah. off into the crowd yep. and then get back into fighting. I've seen mm. it done a million times. Back to <laughs> back to the match before, just real quick. Because you were laughing at me because he was yeah. in the corner. I was like, he better take his shirt off. And then he did. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we kept, uh, we were really, we were really, like there were, there were some times, like, I started saying, like, hey, that's illegal. Yeah. And, like, just as a joke. I, well, at one point I said, do it for America. But no shit, by the end of that hour, I was saying it and I meant it. I was uh, like, ref, you can't, you can't possibly be well, missing we that. we forgot you to know? mention, during the Gable Galileo yeah. and the fucking Jimmy Wilde match. Yeah. Uh, that was when they first was actually came out. Us. There was a big uh, thing. Yeah, of, there was an open space. Yeah, so they were having fighting on the outside. That was kind of ring. cool. So they got the audience. And involved. the whole anyway. time, there's this dude behind <laughs> us, and he's had a few beers. Yeah, you can and, tell. And he's he like, looked like Ogre's kid. And he's one the- of those guys that likes to call out wrestling moves. <laughs> and it's funny because okay, so what he wanted was a German suplex. <laughs> I want to be clear because when I said this joke to my wife, she didn't get it, and I was like, oh, sorry. Because I'm assuming everybody knows what that means. Sorry, but it's so fucking So out great. of context, when you say you that- You want to party with this she, guy. Because she thought the bad guy was a German character. That's what she thought when I said it. Because this guy was behind us, and they're fighting on the outside, and he just goes, Hit him with the German! Hit him with a German on the outside! <laughs> and then I was laughing, because Tyler was thinking I was a witch, because every so often I'm like, he's going to say it again. He's going to say it, and like, here it goes. And then he just goes- Hit him with the German! <laughs> like that. Every- but here's the best part. He was so big. He was such a massive guy yeah. that, like, he really wasn't shouting. Like, I don't want to hear no, that his guy lo- really his shout. his voice was just that loud. He, yeah. yeah, he's just that loud. Because like, he was casually taking a sip of beer when he yeah, was like, saying yeah, like, this shit. Like, he, like, we have to say it like that, but his actual, like, volume and tone was, yeah. hit him with the German. But it would just carry, and it was just so fucking great. Cause so could, he just kept his saying, face dude. was red, his eyes were blank. You knew he was just fucking I wish, hammer time. I wish we could have recorded that. Oh, but you know he would have taken it to be like you want to fight or so. I don't know. No, well, I didn't. Like, I wanted to party with that guy, but I wanted to put that on a t-shirt. Hit him with the German. Yeah. And Ashley just assumed that this, the bad guy was a German character or something, which is a fair assumption because that's that's very wrestling. Yeah. Like that, they would do that, but. Yeah, so and there was a guy that, that sitting happens. out in front of us uh, who was pretty good too. Uh, he came up with uh, get up tassels. Yeah, well, that was at the main event. So before yeah. that, we have a match with oh, one yeah, guy yeah. who's clearly dressed up like Rambo, and uh, he comes out and he, he gives, he slaps everybody's hands, and one guy goes, "I'm never washing this hand again." <laughs> Look, it was so funny. Uh, the dude standing up with the uh, Giants hat on too. Oh my god, that guy was fucking. Piss Every drunk, time it was man. a near fall, he'd be like, come on, that was three. I counted three. Yeah. And then I would get in and I'd be like, fast count, ref. It was awful fast. And it, was how, it was funny how, like, depending on who you supported, and we usually supported, all of us supported the good yeah. guy, the good guy would get, like, a, a, it felt like a fast count. would be like, hey. Yeah. And then, like, the bad guy would get, get a slow, slow count. It's so funny how, how we turned on the ref. Yeah. Which, who was not really well, doing the, Well, that match was Max Chill versus some dude I never got his name because he didn't. See, a lot of the guys had the name on the ass so I could yeah, figure out who they were, right. which was good. Mm. <laughs> and, but but yeah. uh, So he's fighting this dude who's clearly dressed like Rambo, and I made a stupid dad joke because he was wearing camouflage pants. I'm like, Tyler, look, he has no legs. And Tyler hesitated for a second. I was like, shut up. No, I just, yeah, I knew <laughs> you what you were doing, idiot. but I was like, because here's the thing. I was watching Kevin Meany that morning. And uh, he was he did stuff in the eighties, and he made a whole he had a whole bit about camouflage pants. Like I can't see you, ha ha ha. 
And I saw we saw a camouflage car the other day. It was painted camouflage, and just to make a point, I hit it. I couldn't <laughs> see you. And so you told, like, literally, yeah. like three hours later, you're telling me this joke, and I'm like, oh my god, enough with the camouflage jokes. Because I tried it twice, it didn't work either time. I was just like, <laughs> I already had my fill this morning, my man. Yeah. yeah it was anyway, fun. so it was great. he lost because the ref was distracted. Yeah, bullshit, dude. And he got hit below the belt. He had nipples on his. Uh, he had eyes. No, on No, that nipples. was the quote of the day. Yep. He had eyes. It on was his above nipples. his nipples. They were tattooed. It makes more sense. No. It's better sound. How does it make more sense that it's he has eyes sound on his nipples? Drop. That man it's would never sound. take his shirt off. Better sound drop. We're not using that. And then the main event. His eyes as nipples was after that, right? Yeah, that was Jeffries against some dude in uh, dirt bike pants. With a Metallica shirt. Who yes. was a dirty fighter, by the way. Yeah. The guy was fu- and Dude, no, the best part about Jeffries is he comes out to- uh, Party in the USA by fucking Miley, Miley Cyrus. Cyrus. And at one point, I was like, get up! Miley would- uh, What did I say about Miley? Do it, do uh, it for Miley, or Miley would want you to, yeah, or something yeah, like that. And then I said, do it for America. Yeah, and he Because he wear these American flag tassel, tassel pants. And they were like, okay, they were basically denim-colored, like, chaps, with all of these tassels. Did he have a headband on, too? No. Uh, maybe at first. He took it off, I think, before. I think so, but he looked like some dude who just got done, like- at the strip club, like I mean, he, he did not look like a wrestler, but his—they were basically denim-colored uh, um, chaps uh, with uh, Jeffries on the butt, and then all of the tassels were, were colored red, white, or blue. Yeah, and they were kind of you know in a pattern. And then he—he uh, he had like a jacket on, but he looked like Mark Slaughter. He looked like the lead singer from Slaughter. I think he kind of looked like uh, Marty Jannetty back in the day. But I got a picture with him, dude. You did, and he let you wear the belt. Fucking that belt is heavy, dude. Yeah, those. Yeah, dude, those. Belts I was expecting no it to be like that little piece of shit that you got up here. Whoa, sorry. Wow. Wow. Is that that fucking ten dollar toy belt you're gonna talk shit on? <laughs> <laughs> no, back when for I for a second uh, you had me. I'm like, dude. Did back you- when I did a wrestling podcast, uh, one of the guys had a replica of that belt that you're looking at, the big gold belt. Yeah. For wrestling fans, I yeah. understand that. And yeah, that shit's heavy. That's like fifteen pounds, ten to fifteen pounds. I actually, when I was looking for a trophy for my fantasy football show, uh, I was looking online. There's a ton of online trophy shops, mm-hmm. and there's tons of options, right? And there's like uh, perpetual ones, which I wanted to get, but those are expensive as fuck. Um, and then one that I really liked, I thought about getting a wrestling belt for the show, and like the cheapest one I could find was like ninety five dollars. I'm like, eh. Free engraving. Yeah, it's the $95 I'm really worried about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it was a fucking blast. It was I fun. got my picture taken yeah. with them. Uh, we got um, get up fire pants. Uh, hit him with the German, Hit him with the German, of course, yeah. Um, I ate a lot of turkey bacon. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good times. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of cool costumes. I swear to God... There's uh the the uh the guy with the purple fedora sitting in the uh, sitting like to our kind of to our left yeah. in the middle. I swear to god that guy is that guy shows up on TV at Vikings games. No, him and his friend both wear the same costumes. They're like the Vikings mafia or some stupid shit. <laughs> Vikings mafia. Yeah, they're like that's yeah. their gig or something. All right, Tyler, so let's transition out of Bacon Fest. Are we done really? Because we actually did That's, other things that after that. We went to the comic book yeah, store. Yeah, we'll get to that. 
Would you want to do that first? We no, still have okay. to talk about. No, if you have a if you have a rundown in mind, let's follow it. I uh, know. I I didn't know we I had know. one. Let's go. Oh my god! Let's go, you bitch. Well, I was, just, well, I was still going to talk about. So, well, yeah, we went we went to the comic shop. Yep. Uh, I picked up the first two volumes of Scott Snyder's run on Batman, um, Court of Owls and City Greg of Capullo. Owls. Greg Capullo. Good stuff. I love that because um, I also have volume three, Death of the Family. Way to go, Scott, Scott Snyder, story. for actually uh, somehow making Batman like uh, exciting again. With like, how do you, you know, how do you make a, a villain? <clears throat> he successfully made, makes us believe that these people have been in Gotham all this time, you know. Yeah, and, it's and I think a lot of that horrifying. is because uh, Scott Snyder's style is he likes to uh, he likes to have a lot of history in his lore, like even with his like. Uh, non DC stuff. He he likes to have a lot of um, built in history that he can reference to, and mm. and, and it does and it, it it does work to make you think that the owls have existed this whole time. Yeah, uh, and it's horrifying, so, really. But I yeah. Uh, so you picked up a couple books. Um, yeah, I got. Uh, uh, we'll uh, have, but oh, I'm yeah. not, not going to talk about that today because I haven't really dove into the Batman stuff. Um, but. Uh, I was going to talk about Transmetropolitan. Are we doing uh, Jake Unlimited and uh, Long? I'm not calling. Yeah, we'll just do that first, and then we'll do the uh, the Batman sequel stuff. I want to talk about. That's fine. Uh, which, speaking of which, Scorting of Owls, Robert Pattinson has said in interviews that he would like to, if this, if he gets another chance to play Batman, he would like to do a Court of Owls story. And I think with what Matt Reeves is doing, what I've seen in this, just trailers, I think that would be a fucking obvious choice to go like yeah let's lean into that horror I gotta, aspect I gotta, I gotta be honest um i i've seen the early reactions and already like i'm excited about it like yeah. i i don't usually get excited about like batman or dc movies but this is one that i'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna have to go see so i haven't had uh, really a chance to dive into scott snyder stuff but I, I if they're gonna lean more towards his stuff in these mm. future movies i'm into it but anyway but anyway you got you got a book uh that you've been wanting to read you haven't had a chance to read yet um, not Saga because they did not. They had issue fifty six, but not issue fifty five. At every comic shop we went, I to. completely missed. Well, we only went to two, but I completely missed. <laughs> well, there's only two in town. Really, here's, here's the thing: Saga ended with a huge cliffhanger in fifty four, like three years ago. Now, me, okay, okay, I didn't discover. I, I had known about it for years, but I didn't discover it and start reading it until what, like last summer? Yeah, and then I devoured the entire run. Yeah. And I, so I had another friend that did the same thing. By like September or October, I'm like, when are they coming back? Because I knew they were on hiatus. And lucky me, that this following like last month is when they were coming back. Mm -hmm. So, with two issues, can you imagine the people who've been waiting three years? Yeah, yeah. There's none left. I might be able to order it, but I don't know. And I just, I'll wait until the, I, I have 56, but again, it ended on such a huge cliffhanger. If you, if you read the series, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I cannot read 56 until I read 55. Yeah. So that's going to be tough. But you want to talk about uh, Silver Surfer Rebirth, right? Yeah. Let's do the, uh, long. Box. Roman Candle. It's it's an in joke. No, 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 no. Uh, it's a time. <laughs> yes. 
No pizza time. Um, so I grew up in the '90s and uh, late '80s, early '90s, and uh, I I collected comics. I probably stopped collecting comics around 1992 or three. And in 86 or 7, they came out with the first Silver Surfer solo comic. At this point, he was trapped on Earth. Galactus had trapped him. And because of way back in the 60s, when he defied Galactus when he tried to eat the Earth. So Silver Surfer is, like, for most of the 70s and 80s, is just this random background character. He's nothing like he is today. Yeah. And, um... He's just trapped on Earth, so he pops up every once in a while. And the Fantastic Four help help find a way to get him off the Earth, and blah 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 it turns into this whole series, and it ends up leading into Infinity Gauntlet. So it becomes one of the most important series of the 90s. The Silver Surfer, that style of that uh, uh, logo comes from that series. Um, the original logo for it was really neon-looking, and yeah. it was stupid. Uh, but 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 Ron Mars first Jim Starlin, but then Ron Mars and then Ron Lim, who I got to be honest, man, your style hasn't changed that much in like thirty years, dude. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was like for for fifty issues or more. It was that creative team. It was a huge run, and they built all this shit up to and including into the Infinity Gauntlet saga and whatnot, right? So I see this brand new series of, of the, you know, Silver Surfer Rebirth. I loved Silver Surfer Black, where it basically explains that the entire Marvel universe, the universe that, that the Marvel universe resides in, 616, is exists and all the life exists because the Silver Surfer gave his life way back in the, in the pre-eons because of that series. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Nice job, uh, Donnie Cates, right? Yeah, Silver he, Surfer he's Black, the one who yeah. wrote that. Yeah, Silver Surfer Black. So I'm like, cool. I wonder what they're going to do with him. No shit. The guy, the I literally, it's like I could have picked up a back issue of the 90s fucking Silver Surfer series. Do not pick up this book. It is a waste of your money. Whoa. And guess what's happening? They have to find one of the Infinity Stones. And Thanos needs his help. But first, they distrust each other and they fight for a whole issue. That's number one. Boo! Number two. Let me explain what we're doing here. And here's a bunch of crap about the Infinity. I got to be honest. Fuck you, Marvel. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck your fucking self, you fucking goddamn money-grubbing fucking whores. That is literally... You could have just reprinted... I saw, by the way, you fuckers, I see (laughs) these X-Factor and X-Men legends where it's reprints of the X-Factor series that Louise and Walt Simonson did, which introduced... Not only Apocalypse, but also the Four Horsemen into the X-Men mythos. These great fucking issues. I see you reprinting them and selling them for four fucking dollars. You suck, Marvel. Eat a fucking bag of dicks. Get something original or leave me the fuck alone. After yesterday, I am going to be a long time coming before I go back into a comic book store. And being a Marvel shill, those days are over. (gasps) What about Maestro? Still wanted to read that. Fuck. It probably would. Ugh. You still need to give me those Beta Ray Bill books. I will I read those. No, no I, I'm just saying. Like, if if I just, I'm pissed about it because yeah, honestly, I also read Ghost Rider number one. Why did you do that? That was six dollars. <laughs> oh, because they brought back Johnny Blaze. 
Yeah, and guess who he looks like? Danny Ketch. Wow. Hey, let's take all the fucking things that made Johnny Blaze original, like his cool leather costume and his actual flaming skull, and like his kind of like weird bike, but not really demonic with like flaming wheel. Let's fucking take all that away. And let's make him look exactly like the Danny. Yeah, and then all the spikes and the the bike that looks like Danny Ketch. Yeah. Fuck off, Marvel. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I know. It's kind of a good horror story, honestly. Like um Well that's the thing. That that's the thing. Benjamin Percy's a great writer. Yeah, it's it's actually like for but not seven fucking dollars, man. No, fuck Fuck off. No. Fucking no, no, I don't shit. care what number one it is. It's not worth that. No, no, no. No, I had a little bit of money to uh, scratch to burn, and I'm not sorry I did it. I'm not because um, no, I'm honestly interested in the book because it yeah. looks like just based on what I've seen. Uh, yeah, it's it's a straight up horror. But book. let me and tell that's you what's what really I, cool. About let me it. tell you what I did pick up that was really good was at the excellent, which is Peter Milligan and Mike and Laura Allred coming back. To reprise, uh, to basically make a new series based off their excellent, excellent series, uh, Ecstatics, from uh, back in the early aughts, I think, which is what X Force transitioned to, into. Um, the original X Force book that Leefeld started um, eventually transitioned into Ecstatics, which, again, if you like uh, the All Red books, like uh, Madman, um, the Silver Surfer books he did. Um, he's done some stuff with DC. He did a whole bug series for DC, which is one of the, uh, lower casts of the, uh, um, uh, new, um, dark. Okay. Dark side lives on apocalypse and, uh, the other ones live on new, whatever. New heaven. Sure. Isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, there's a lowercase system on that planet called Bugs, and they're foragers, and one of them was like a hero during the battle for the anti-life equation back in the 80s. So he actually made a book, the Allreds did, uh, and he's just a fucking fantastic artist. He he just is great. I love it. Yeah. So, um, and that was number one and only $4. Oh. Marvel, you fucks. Your yeah. books are not worth are you $4. Done? Are you done? I guess so. Oh, I also picked up uh, a Winnipeg Jets Funko Pop, which now all I need is a Minnesota Vikings Funko Pop, and then I have all four of my teams. Not like you give a shit, Jake. Anyway, I've got a family. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to talk. I don't. I don't want to talk about Jake Unlimited anymore. Because f- seriously, fuck Comicsology. You know what, dude? Jake. I want. You know what they did? You know what they did? They they did all the things I said last week. Or did and they? then they go back on it and be like, we're sorry about that. We'll fix it. And in, t- in translation, it should have been like, well, it should have been fixed in the first fucking place. Yeah, but did they fix it or not? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. They had five fucking years to figure this I'm shit sorry. out. Amazon acquired them forever ago. I'm sorry. Had all this time to figure this shit out. You don't out. say that Amazon is an evil corporation that needs to be stopped. Yes, yes. They're very greedy. Yes. Very greedy. Very greedy. Anyway. Um, uh, so what I wanted to talk about on Jake's long box, because <laughs> fuck you, comics. Look at my dog right now. He is just sprawled out. He is tired. Dude, I, I, he's... you know what? We're calling this Jake's pizza time. Pizza time. Nice. Yes. Oh. Let's do it. Nice. <laughs> Jake's nice time. One million dollars, bitch. That's what you get if you can come up with a better name. Uh, but anyway, 
Jake Unlimited, we I want to talk about Transmetropolitan. That's the book I've been really sinking my teeth into. So I'm reading um, Year One, which is actually what's what's great about this book is it's a five year run by Warren Ellis, and he has you can get the trades like you normally would, which would probably be about the you know the five issues or whatever, five or six issues, but he has them as book one, year one. So for each, he, it's five books for the five-year run. So each f- book has 12 issues. So that's I think, is really cool. Because he was actually on, t- I think he was on time the whole run of Transmetropolitan. Which is rare. Which is, and I think, to, to me, what that indicates is he knew the 60, because uh, even with, like say, like a book like Chew that was 60 issues, mm. It didn't make a five-year run because of delays and everything like that. So just the fact that he was able to do that without delays was pretty impressive. Yeah, because um, oftentimes, especially with uh, in- independent uh, comic books, like things fucking ha- happen, life happens, and so sometimes there's delays. For well, I, well, yeah, and especially working with DC, I'm sure it's probably like the anyway. Oh, dude, when Image first. Started. Well, no, this isn't an image book. Transmetropolitan's a version. No, no, no I, I know. I'm saying, oh, like, uh, gotcha. a great example of, of, of bad timing and bad whatever is when Image first came out, like, Spawn and Savage Dragon and all those, like, they were coming out on, on the reg, and Liefeld, like, had, like, four series, which were all crap and the same. Um, but like the first one came out and then it was like six months before number yeah. two came out. And in the meantime, like three other number ones came out and you're like, Hey, concentrate on one yeah. dickhead. And that's not <laughs> even that good. Have I talked this... about how much I hate Rob life? No, I, 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 Hey, I get it. I don't like him very much either. What? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, no, uh, I'm I'm just over uh, halfway done with the first book, and I am amazed. It looks good. I, and I, when I was talking to you, I thought it was published. It was first published in 2002, and I was like, oh no, it ended in 2002. So this this book started in 1997, and I shit you not, Tyler, you can say this about a lot of work, but this book that is over 20 years old is still one of the most relevant pieces of comic books that I've ever read. Like, it's insane what uh, fucking Warren Ellis was on when he wrote this. I already read the back, uh, I back, I read the synopsis on the back and, and kind of flipped through the first yeah. few pages, and I'm already hooked. Well, I, I'm someone, I, I love, as soon as you're I, done with I it, love, I love, um, cyberpunk, like yeah. that genre in general. So I, I was already kind of interested in it, and it was actually a, a, a coworker who got me onto it because I was I was looking through Comicsology Unlimited when I actually liked them, uh, <laughs> and I, I saw it was available, um, and I was like, because he we were well we were talking about like comic properties that we would want to see as shows and stuff like that, and he's yeah. like, I still can't believe they haven't developed Transmetropolitan. As a show, and I go, I've I've heard of that, but I've never read it. Is this any good? And he goes, Oh, dude, I'll I got the first book. I'll bring it to you. You got to fucking read it. It's just unbelievable. Have you looked up whether they have or not? No, they haven't because I'll get to that. Okay, in a little bit because Patrick Stewart is fucking obsessed with this book and has been trying to make a movie based on it for years, for like decades. He's trying to make a fucking yeah. and. Their whole thing was they just said that they couldn't film it. They, it was uh, they they thought it was like Watchmen, where it was like you can't film this; it's unfilmable. But now, okay, I, then animate it. We've shown that no, adult animation. No, but works. I think that that's also was being said at like 
in the year 2004. So what I'm saying is, in 2010 even, and I'm saying that like we have gotten to the point in, in production value in television mm. that I feel like, and especially this story, like how big this is, I feel like it has to be told in, in, as a... Uh, TV show because yeah. th- there's so much because it, it should you know what it should be is, he, is it should be like 12 uh, 12 episode seasons well yeah because they're 12 issues a year and then your first season's year one like you just could, make it a honestly you could fu- but then again I wouldn't want to watch that because I don't want to watch them just straight up following the sh- the book because then what's the I should just read the book what's the point of watching the show you know what I mean but why don't you shut up? Any, <laughs> anyway, the whole for those of you who haven't read it, the shut whole the fuck up. Uh, gist of it is there's a guy. The main character's name is Spider Jerusalem. Did you say jizz? Spider Jerusalem, and he lives in a mountain away from the city because he went crazy. He's a writer. He's a journalist, and he just didn't want to be in the city anymore. It made him nuts. And I'm like, as I get older, I understand you, Spider, on so many levels. But uh, he also has a book deal where he has to write books for this publisher who he calls the Whore Hopper. Uh, and uh, he, he owes him books. So he has to get back to the city and get back to writing. Mm. And um, the first story arc is about these beings called transients. Mm. And what they are is humans that have modified themselves into becoming aliens. Mm. And I'm sitting there reading this, and this is the first three issues of this 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 series, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, how... This also shows you how long we've been living with transgender people and how just now, recently, it's gotten into the cultural zeitgeist and we we're talking about it openly. And not in a good way, most of the time. Thanks, Republicans. But what I'm saying is... This book came out in 1997, and he already has the first three issues is a transgender allegory. Mm. And I'm like, holy fuck, how did this book come out in 1997? And then I had another thought of like, oh yeah, trans people have been around forever. We just haven't talked about them until the last five or so years openly, and like I said, not in a good way. Egyptian uh, Queen Hatshepsut was uh, uh, made all of her statues uh, male, not because she's transgender, but because she wanted to be remembered. But it was such an, and it was sad because, and again, it still mirrors what we're dealing with now because uh, at a certain part in that first arc, there's a riot and the cops march in and brutally beat the transient people because they're in the poor part of the city. Once again, this book is so fucking smart where it goes, not only are they, is it a trans allegory? It's also uh, a classist allegory and showing like any, any sort of uh, minority group will be put in the poorest part of the city and, and be cycled into all of this shit. And I'm like, I'm reading it and I'm thinking like, this is what good political, sci-fi should do and mm. it's a satire as well because the book is also fucking funny as hell well, and it's so damn good the reason and i can't believe i had not read it until now the reason why it's so much science fiction and and you know a lot of like so that's my recommendation for you to read it and yeah. I, will, I will let you read it once i'm finished yeah definitely um but science fiction the reason why it's so good is because it it uses science it uses readily available data and science to kind of you know, uh, project, uh, you know, you can imagine like how things might, might progress. Uh, Jules Verne is one of the first sci-fi writers really that we know of anyway. Um, How many times in the modern era, how many times has sci-fi come true? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, Isaac Asimov and, you know, all those guys, but they were really fucking smart. 
and so is Warren Ellis. And you know, oh, so he has a he has a book. Uh, he a, a, he predicts stuff because, and he use he's smart enough to use all of these. Uh, yeah, I, I I like Warren Ellis. You were talking about a different. I thought you were talking about a different book when you. Oh, when we were talking about it before. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, he also has a really good book that I love called Crooked Little Vein, and it's like a detective book, but it's hilarious. And it's and that's another thing too. This book is so good at, at not only having the social commentary that somehow has been timeless and mm-hmm. continues to be real oh yeah because we have the same fucking problems all the time but yeah. uh, but it also not only does it do that but it's so funny and it's like and it even and it, what i love about it too is ellis knows what he's doing with the story and he'll take he'll take issues off like yeah. he'll go first three issues is this deep heavy thing mm-hmm. and then Issue four is on the stump, and it's literally Spider Jerusalem going to a party where the president of the United States is, breaking into the bathroom that he's in, and being like, "Fuck you, uh, I'm back." So I'm making, sh- I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure you don't get reelected because any, because he said any sort of vote for him is a vote for evil. And I'm like, holy fuck! In 1997, Warren Ellis fucking predicted Trump. <laughs> Right there, because the guy even says they don't care about people that have policy or politicians. They want TV stars. They want celebrities. And I'm like, son of a bitch, this guy in 1997 was calling his shot on Donald fucking Trump. And you know what you find out more from the 80s and 90s? They warned us about Trump for a long fucking time. Yep. Anyway, great book. Love it. And let's wrap it up. I, we're, this is going to be a long episode. I thought we were talking about the Batman stuff. We are. Right. It's okay. going to be a long episode. That's what I mean. Fucking hurry we're up. almost an hour in and we haven't even got to that. Hurry up, bitch. No, we're not running through this. Oh. We're taking our time. No, you I meant, wanted like, to talk about your stupid it. comics. I meant hurry up I know. and get to it. I know. Get, take your pants off. All right. Oh. All right. I'm talking to the listener. Take your pants off. This is a journey. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about the batshit crazy canceled Batman sequels. Mm. Here on Off Panel Off Topic. Off Panel Off Topic. Coming at you. Coming at you with a new segment we like to call What If If. Because What If is trademark (sighs) party. Fucking Marvel. Fuck you, Marvel. I hate to say that. Hey, that's the reality. That's the reality. All right, let's get into it. So, uh, Tim Burton's first uh, time directing The Cape Crusader was a critical and commercial success. The movie grossed over $400 million on a $35 to $48 million budget. It was such a success that WB greenlit Batman Returns, as we know it. Uh, And this was another huge success, which would obviously mean that we have a slam dunk because this made uh, not as much as the first Batman, but it made $266.89 million on a $65 to 80 million budget. So they still made money. Still made not as much as the first one, but they made a lot of money. So that means we got a slam dunk for Tim Burton's Batman 3, right? Mm, no. <laughs> Although he is attached as a producer on that on Batman. Yeah, he produced Reach. the Schumacher. Batman Forever? Yeah, he he both of them. Both of them? Yeah, he he produced the Schumacher movies. Anyway, before we even get to the- Every day on set with those must have just been a nightmare for him. Like, all the fucking bright lights. Like, what the hell? So before we even get to the third Burton Batman movie, we got to talk about the Catwoman spinoff that never came to be. So after the success of Batman Returns and Michelle Pfeiffer's portrayal as Selena Kyle, mm. WB wanted a movie. Yep. Burton became attached as a director while producer Denis D. Novi 
and writer Daniel. Like I could be completely misspelling that, and I, it's probably Denise. I'm sorry. Roll with me here. Dennis, uh, Daniel Waters also returned, and in January 1994, Tim Burton was unsure of his plans to direct Catwoman or an adaptation of The Fall of the House of Usher. So he's already like, I don't know, man. I kind of want to do this weird Edgar Allan Poe movie instead of doing this fucking cash grab. Mm. So on June 6th, 1995, Daniel Waters turned in his Catwoman script to Warner Brothers the same day as Batman Forever was released. Burton was still being courted to direct, but Waters joked, quote, turning it in the day Batman Forever opened may not have been my best logistical move in that it's the celebration of the fun for the whole family, Batman. Catwoman is, de- is definitely not a fun for the whole family script. Yeah. And in uh, August 1995, Michelle Pfeiffer was interviewed and she reiterated her interest in the spinoff, but explained her priorities would be challenged as a mother and commitments to other projects. So the film toiled around in development hell for years. And then it became the Halle Berry shit show. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's the She won an Oscar like the year before that, folks. No (laughs) shit. Just goes to show. She also picked up her own Razzie. She did. Yep. So I I gotta respect. Classy. Classy. Dude, she still is such a smoke show too, man. She's gotta be like 50. She's older than that. She's still such a smoke show. No, she looks great. Great. Uh, so let's talk about Fantastic. Let's talk to the actual Tim Burton planned third Batman film. Titled Batman Continues. Because mm. that's lame. The first planned follow up to Tim Burton's Batman was Batman Continues. And this was ba- Burton's original vision for the bat, the third Batman movie. Batman Continues would have Keaton back as the Cape Crusader and would have continued with Michelle Pfeiffer and Billy D. D. Williams reprising their Catwoman and Harvey Dent roles. Yes, Two-Face. By having all these characters and their actors back, Batman Continues would have brought together all three films. Um, of course, uh, there was also talks of Robin Williams being in it, by the way. I fucked up my notes here. As who? <laughs> anyway, the Riddler? I'm going to... Uh, it was talking. Sorry, I, I was thinking of Robin Williams, but it was Billy D. Williams. I see where I met, made my mistake. Because Robin Williams plays a part in the story later. So anyway, so all of them would be back, and they would have served as a proper sequel to Batman Returns. Uh, but it just what when it didn't come together. It also was worth pointing out that Batman Forever does keep a lot of plot points from this movie. So maybe maybe it wasn't as good as we thought. Mm-hmm. So Keaton was also pushing to make it an origin story. Michael Keaton was very adamant of being like, let's do something unique and take the third movie and take time to develop who Batman is in this movie, which makes sense because those first two Burton movies don't really touch on early Bruce Wayne. It just straight drops you in as, oh, Batman's here. He exists. He's a part of the world. That's it. That's it. There's no... Yeah, they keep doing the parents getting shot shit, but it's not like... I was in my house and there a bat broke through the window and I became a Le Batman. <laughs> I don't know why he said it like that. Le Batman. Le Batman. I was having wine and cheese. So originally, Robin was intended to appear in Batman for Tim Burton and there are even storyboards dedicated to the origin sequence that sets the death of his parents in the circus just as it ended up being used in Batman Forever. So wow. Robin was also going... I just watched that last week. Yeah, what so Robin shit. was was originally going to be mentioned in the first Batman and then show up in Batman Continues. Okay. And, of course, he was going to be Marlon Wayans. Yes, yeah. he still gets checks. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking awesome, dude. 
I want at some point in my life, I want to be like that, where I get a residual check every week, every year for a fuck up. Yeah. Like who is the guy of the Mets? Bobby Bonilla. Oh yeah. Every year they still paid. have to pay him. It's a Bobby do- Bonilla a Day. Or yeah. Something. Like that's awesome. Yeah. I would love to have something like that. Somebody fucks the system. <laughs> Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because he signed a contract that guaranteed him whatever, and even if they didn't use his stuff, which they didn't. So you mentioned Marlon Wayne's getting residuals. He does, because Marlon, Mar- Marlon Wayne's was cast to play Robin in Batman Returns, but again, Burton decided to leave him out because there were too many characters involved already. And the director did intend to bring him back in Batman Three, but then he left, and Joel Schumacher recast the character with Chris O'Donnell. Recast the character that had never appeared on screen. <laughs> yeah, Wayne's might have been disappointed, but he still got paid despite not shooting a minute of Batman footage, and still gets paid to this day. Yeah, that's insane, dude. Yeah, so it's uh, awesome too. Also, Tim Burton revealed in commentary for the original Batman, he wanted to use Billy D. Williams. Not uh, not only as Harvey Dent, but as he had been in the first movie, but also as Two Face. So he always planned on Billy D. Yeah. Being, which would have been fucking cool, dude. Billy D. Williams is Two Face. That's a slam dunk. Yeah. I would watch that fucking movie. Yeah. He intended for the character to return in the third Batman movie after sitting out the second. But there were plans to have him in the Max Shrek, Shrek role of early drafts of. Batman Returns. Ah. So he was going to be in that too. In that draft, Catman would have been electrocuted, would have electrocuted Dent and set him to turn into Two Face in Batman Continues. Huh. Unfortunately, when the film changed hands, Williams was cut out and replaced by Tommy Lee Jones. Also, because Warner Brothers were little bitches and they couldn't handle the idea of having a white character be a black man in their movies. Also, um, Tommy, I mean, you could say they didn't. Also, but they definitely did. I just watched the movie and Tommy Lee. I know you can't sanction any of Jim Carrey's buffoonery, but have you seen how you? Well, that's why. In that? That's why I think because you suck too, man. Well, dude, in the nineties, Tommy Lee was doing a lot of weird fucking roles like that. Tommy Lee Jones was chewing scenery and everything, and I think yeah. that's why he hated Jim Carrey so much. Because like, hey, you're doing my shtick. But anyway. Next. Fucking babies. That's only one, baby. We got more, and they get weirder as we go along. So here is the next canceled Batman movie. It was called Batman Unchained, or also known as Batman Triumphant. Mm. During the filming of Batman... This is after Batman and Robin. During the filming of Batman and Robin... After Batman and Robin? Yes. Oh, my God. Warner Brothers was impressed with the dailies. This prompted them to see... So they didn't see the finished project... So they were like, like this, this is this is why move this is why production companies should not be in charge of movies or or, or movie studios should not be in charge yeah, of movies. Yeah, why would you look at because they're fucking stupid? A completely unfinished project, a product. I really like it, and be like, all right, make a sequel. Now. You know, what I really like about it. I really like it. Oh, you mean you haven't edited together anything? It's just daily footage. It doesn't matter. Good enough for me. It looks like toys. It looks like a whole lot of toy uh, merchandise money for me. Well, they've said multiple times that that movie only exists to sell toys. No Batman, shit. Batman and Robin? No. So anyway, this- uh, Don't they, believe They you. were so impressed by those dailies, this prompt them, prompted them to immediately hire Joel Schumacher to return as director for the fifth Hack. film. Hack. But writer Akiva Goldsman, who worked on Batman Forever and Batman and Robin with Schumacher, turned down the chance to write the script. Thanks. In late 1996, <laughs> Warner Brothers and Schumacher hired Mark Prozodovich, I believe, uh. to write the script for the fifth Batman film. Mm-hmm. The project was a mid-1990 release, and yeah. it was announced it was titled Batman Unchained. 
Uh, Prozovich script had the Scarecrow as the main villain. Okay, and would bring back the franchise in a more serious and darker direction, unlike the previous two films. Sure, which I don't really know if that would work, considering no. it's hard to get a director to go from Batman Forever and Batman Robin to you gotta go Batman Unchained. You had to reboot it like Nolan. Did. Listen yeah. to this script because it's fucking bonkers. This sounds great. The script dealt with Batman <laughs> learning to conquer fear and confront the demons of his past. Uh, okay, the Joker would re- return. This is what's great. Because this is used later in a different thing. So the Joker would return as a hallucination in Batman's mind caused by the Scarecrow's fear toxin, along with Penguin, Catwoman, Two-Face, and the Riddler, Riddler all together to judge the hero on trial. <sighs> so the Joker showing up as a hallucination because of Scarecrow's fear toxin wow. is actually a plot point that is used in the video game Batman Arkham Knight. There's a point in that game when you get hit with a bunch of fear toxin, and so the rest of the game while you're doing things, Joker keeps showing up on screen as a hallucination to like taunt you throughout the game. That's kind of cool. And so it's hilarious that that was originally planned in a movie like this, and then you see it in a video game that's done it much better. So what yeah. else happens in this shit so, yeah. show? So Harley Quinn also appears as Toymaker, written as the Joker's daughter trying to get revenge on Batman for the Joker's death. Then Crane discovers Batman's identity and forms an alliance with Harley to lead him to madness and lock him in Arkham Asylum. Okay. I like the idea of Harley Sounds Quinn being neat. Joker's daughter. Sure. It's a twist. Oh, Jesus. It's a twist. It's just jam the mic in my mouth. It's a twist. Oh. Fucking M. Night, oh, Sh- no. M. Night Shyamalan. It's that a twist. It's a twist. It's a twist. So in the script, Robin abandons Batman for disagreements, but he returns during the final battle to help his mentor. After defeating his enemies and his demons, Bruce makes a trip to Bali and enters a cave full of bats, with them flying around him as proof for having conquered his fears. Oh, my God. George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell were set to reprise their roles of Batman and Robin, respectively, and Schumacher was offered the offered the part of Scarecrow to Nick Cage, which would have been fucking awesome. I'm yeah. not going to pretend it wouldn't. That would have been great. 90s Cage is Scarecrow? Are you fucking joking, man? Make that movie yesterday. Although, uh, let's be honest, though. Clooney was probably the... You're going to love this. Guess who was cast? Who was going to be cast for Harley? Just who? guess. Uh, okay, it's in the, keep in mind, it's, ni- it's 99, around that time. It's not Kim Basinger. It's, I don't know. I'll give you a hint. It's a musician. Cheryl Crow. Courtney Love. After the failure of the box office and negative reception for Batman and Robin, this was thrown out. I'm glad. Look I'm of so terror glad. on your face. <laughs> fucking. You, I've never seen. It was like I looked into the darkness and the darkness was looking back at me like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you ready to hear about another Batman movie? Sure. All right, let's talk about Batman Dark Knight. But here's the thing. Dark Knight is spelled D-A-R-K-N-I-G-H-T. It's fucking edgy. Lee Shapiro and Steve... Hopefully no relation to Ben. uh, Lee Shapiro and Stephen Wise drafted the script and the project was being shepherded by WB executive Greg Silverman without input from Joel Schumacher who had been exiled from the franchise at this point. So this is a new take. No Schumacher. Bruce Wayne is in self-imposed inclusion from life because he feels that he lost his greatest weapons in the fight against crime, his mystique and his enemy's fear. Dick Grayson attends Gotham University trying to discover who he is apart from his guardian and unwilling to return as Robin without him. 
Meanwhile, Dr. Dr. Jonathan Crane, so we're still bringing in Scarecrow here, mm-hmm. uses his position as a professor of psychology at Gotham University and as a resident psychiatrist at Arkham Asylum to conduct his experiments in fear. Now, I like that. I like the Gotham University idea. I think that's cool. Yeah. And I also like the idea that they're going to be like, okay, so Dick's going to try it, which... To me, well, he, to he, me, he this sounds like Dick Grayson, and somehow gets gets out of him that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Well, I also think this is kind of cool. This is kind of a cool idea of like them leading towards Dick being Nightwing, which is what <sighs> okay. I would have liked because he seems like he doesn't want to be Robin anymore. He's trying to get out of his, his shadow. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't you just progressively just be like, yeah, asshole. Nightwing? Anyway, <laughs> so during a vengeful conversation, oh man, you're gonna love this because you think it's Scarecrow, just Scarecrow, buddy. You're fucking wrong. So, uh. Crane is uh, talking shit at uh, Arkham Asylum, <laughs> conducting experiments. Uh, so during his vengeful confrontation with a colleague, Dr. Kirk Langstrom. <sighs> oh, yeah, buddy. Jonathan Crane unknowingly in, yep, initiates Kirk's transition into the creature known as Man Oh, so hard right now. Honestly, dude, if Scarecrow oh. and Man Bat are a villain in a, like, a dark, creepy Batman movie, I'm into it. I'm into it. Dude, my, my, my brother and I, when we were younger kids, they used to attach records yeah. uh, of audio with comic books. And one of the comic books that we got was a Batman comic book that featured Man Bat. Yeah. And it was the creepiest shit. I, like, when I was a little kid, it scared... Dude, Man Bat scared the shit dude, out of me. Another, another... I can't believe I'm, again, attaching this to Arkham Knight. Because, again, get used to it. Arkham Revisited on our feed you'll you'll hear all my thoughts about batman arkham games but anyway there is a side mission in arkham knight where you have to you have to cure man bat and it i've played i've played through arkham knight i i played through the first part like a couple times i'm I'm getting ready to do it again for the arkham revisited series Mm. but every time i play it it's triggered at a certain point. I can't remember after which story mission, but after you finish one of the main story missions, it happens. It's a triggered event. I go my grapple hook to go up on a building, and then out another like that, and fucking man bat is on the ledge, and it's the scariest fucking shit I've ever seen. Because if you've seen what a bat looks like, will you will you do the screaming? That's not what it sounds like, but that's what my head sounds like. That's got to be a drop, dude. I'm a bat. <laughs> I'm a man bat. I don't know why it's Joe Walsh, but you know what though? Um, we're gonna write a uh, a '70s glam rock song called "I'm a Man Bat." Well, I wanted to sound like fucking Rocky Mountain Way or something like that. Like no, Joe I want, Walsh. I want, I want, I want, I want Black Sabbath. No, style. like Fog Hat. <laughs> T-Rex <laughs> Black Sabbath Ah, He's a man bat Wow <laughs> Where are we? Oh yeah So the unsuspecting de- uh, Denzians of Gotham Scream from Denizens. Batman's head Believing that Man Bat's nightly haunts Or hunts, whatever you want to say Is the Dark Knight's bloodthirsty return to action Whatever Bruce dons the cape and cowl once more To clear his name and solve the mystery behind these attacks Wow you know what? I like that pitch. Keep going. What uh, is it? So Dick eventually <laughs> ends up in Arkham Asylum under Crane's unsympathetic watch, and mm. Kirk struggles with it. Ah! My mic <laughs> stand just went I, I didn't know what happened. I was just like, you read something that you wrote yeah. that you didn't? My, mic's, yeah. okay. I'm, my mic keeps fucking me today. Uh, so Kirk struggles with his man versus <laughs> <Right> monster. <laughs> 
So Crane just says, fuck it, as uh, Kirk Langstrom fights with his man versus mon- monster syndrome okay. and longs us both to reunite with his wife and get revenge on Crane. And at the end of the script, Batman gives, progr- you're going to love this, at the end of the script, Batman gives Commissioner Gordon a red cell phone, letting him know that he's back on duty. And as Batman cape flutters in the wind, a crow flies by him and lands on the window of Tex clothing shop the silhouette of a man with a tap, uh, top hat can be seen so the ending of this was going to tease Matt Hatter after all this uh, uh, are you alright uh, god how many fucking villains do we have to keep just dragging through you know that's what I didn't like about Batman Returns is that the they started the whole three villain two villain yeah, well, I mean, uh, two it's, villains in yeah, and then Shrek now and it's like Penguin. three yeah. and shit sometimes. But anyway, um, no, I uh, honestly some of these don't sound that bad. Like some elements actually, of them are neat. Yeah, like I love the uh, idea of yeah. Scarecrow and Man Bat being in the same movie. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, and and here, here's uh, oh, excuse me, what's going on? Yeah, Got to get comfortable. Going on, get, get comfortable over here. <laughs> Um, I was reading this article about how the um, the TV sh- like we don't have a rogues gallery of Batman Batman's rogues gallery like we do today without the '60s TV show, and it's interesting to me because like by by the time the show came out in the '60s, like Catwoman yeah. hadn't been around in like ten years. Um, Mister Freeze wasn't a guy; he was a Mister Zero who showed up once and never did again. Yeah. Um, and like well, the, the joke- animated series rewrote a lot of these origins yeah, too. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of cool. Like, it's just funny to me. Like, they're talking about like the Mad Hatter and stuff. And like, you know, before the the sixties TV show, it was like he really just. Well, and dude, dude, he really just fucked around with Robin. Uh, Mad Hatter captured is, robbers, Mad- like r- random robbers and shit. Mad Hatter is such a fucking C list villain. Let alone C-list. You know what? You know He's what? a C-list gonna, Batman villain. You're gonna go there. Give me fucking gentleman ghost shit. Or the Clue Master. Because yeah, yeah. DC has a Clue Master and a Riddler. Why? <laughs> and a trickster. So we have one more movie to talk about, and uh, you're gonna find this very interesting. Darren Aronofsky's Ooh, Batman I've Year heard of this. One. Let's yes. and it only this is fucking ba- literally batshit insane. Is where they got the would, phrase it, was honestly. It would completely deconstruct the character, and I kind of like it. But uh, yeah, but it, this is good. It only shares the name. It I've has read nothing it. to do with Batman Year One. The Pretty Frank much, Miller book. not at all. Yeah. So in it, Bruce Wayne wasn't an orphan billionaire raised by family's butler Alfred at Wayne Manor. Instead, he lost all of his fortune following the death of his parents and was left homeless. Bruce was then taken by a man named Big Al, the African American owner of an auto repair and former Vietnam War combat medic. So already we're completely flipping it. Oh yeah, dude. Aronofsky was like, um, at the end of this script, I'm going to call it Batman, no matter what I come up with, is what he was saying while he was writing. Yeah, and I'm over here like, yeah, (laughs) you do your thing, man. But this is really actually 
it's interesting uh, is the yeah. best thing I can say. About so Arnofsky uh, says his inspirations of the film were Death Wish and The French Connection. Okay. And even compared his version of Bruce Wayne Batman with Taxi Driver's Travis Bickle, oh, saying he wanted to infuse the story with a dose of reality and what better way, better than taking away all of his fortune and growing up in the streets of Gotham City where he truly got a taste of what the citizens were going through. So now that aspect of the story it Sounds I, a lot like sense. Matt Reeves, uh, what, what he's going for. Well, and it, and it also kind of sounds like when in Batman Begins, when he is living amongst this, he's living in the slums of that that city mm. uh, before he meets Ra's al Ghul. Mm. So, so like there's there's kind of those elements in Batman Begins, sure, and, sure, and other stuff. sure. So yeah, but yeah, it's um, that's about as far as we get. Yeah. So in Aronofsky's version, takes a left. Uh, however, it happened a little differently. Uh, than you would think. So given that Bruce Wayne lost his fortune, he wouldn't have the resources to go on a trip like what he did to learn martial arts in Batman Begins right. and instead learned through various books. He read a lot of various yes. types of combat and practice Jesus. until he mastered all those moves. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally the... A montage. Dude, the fucking... <laughs> no, dude, the 2014 TMNT reboot, Ugh. that was the plot, was Splinter finds a book and teaches them from reading the book. So they stole it from this. So in Arnofsky's version. Terrible. Uh, so it's just amazing. No, it's basically Karate Kid before he meets <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. Dude. And then he becomes Batman. Yeah. Uh, so in addition to that, he uh, earned the name Batman under very different circumstances. Although Bruce also learned a lot about chemistry through books and created a number of chemical-based weapons, one of his most dip- uh, significant objects was a ring with his father's initials, TW. Okay. So when he punched criminals, the right left, or sorry, the ring left an imprint similar to the shape of a bat, and so the media began calling the mi- mysterious <sighs> vigilante Batman. Why are you overthinking this, Aronofsky? No shit, dude. Just fucking. It's a man in a bat suit. It's a fucking comic book movie. God You're damn it! An old creepy dude who somehow uh, has Jennifer Lawrence as your girlfriend. So you know, just be happy with that. Jeez, not at the time. This feels like a low blow. Don't talk about Tyler's Batman. <sighs> The Batcave was also the headquarters. Aronofsky seems like one of those Roman Polanski types who Uh. is just weird and creepy, and some people have taken it as he's an auteur. And it kind of makes me sick (laughs) a little bit. Uh, In addition to that, or sorry, wrong part. Uh, The Batcave was also the headquarters of Batman and is located beneath his personal residence in Wayne Manor. Aronofsky's version would have changed this element from Batman's world by locating it in an abandoned subway station. Uh, as for the Batmobile, a lot like Matt Reeves' vision. Yeah. And as for the Batmobile, and given that Bruce grew up in a repair shop, it would have been a tricked out Lincoln Continental with blacked out windows and bus engines under the hood, very far from the usual made from scratch Batmobile. Um, there's some elements that I think are interesting. I think some I, of them are showing you up know in what? this new one. You know what, Tyler? This would make. Yeah, because he's a gearhead in the uh, in the Matt Reeves one, mm-hmm. and it's just it's pretty much. I love that the Batmobile is just a muscle car. Like, yeah, I love that's that. fine. I'm actually cool with that. I like. Uh, yeah, I, I do think there are some elements of this. You want to know why I'm cool with it? 
Because I saw that fucking rubbery shit show that was the Batmobile in fucking Batman Forever. Fucking gross. <sighs> that big giant fin. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, uh, the little bit that we saw of uh, Batflex was cool. I like that. Uh, I like the sleek design of it. I, I was, I, you know, I, I'm not gonna say um, that the whole kind of transition uh, into the from a Batmobile into the Nolan, which was basically like um, the tumbler into the bike. Yeah, you know, like basically the the Batmobile for a couple of movies uh, into Snyder even was a, a big kind of military militarized yeah, vehicle it's like a tank which was i was cool with that too yeah but i also like the idea of going back to basics less is more mm -hmm. and honestly i think that's what i i think so interesting about this batman movie um because it's reeves is making a completely different approach to batman and we haven't seen something like that in a while we haven't mm. we haven't seen this uh, a new uh, approach on batman since i mean <sighs> You could say 2016, but I, I feel like what I'm talking about is like a full-on reinventing of the character. We haven't seen that since Batman Begins. Not really, no. We, we I mean, if you want to say it, it's not the same Batman, but Affleck continued a lot of the well, and I and I don't even things that Nolan set up. Well, in his version, I don't even and I don't even consider Batfleck to. To, to count personally because I'm, I'm he didn't have a solo movie I'm talking about yeah like a solo I count Batman because he was fucking great no I he was he really was, he was but what I'm saying in like sure I get you he didn't have a movie to kind of define his Batman he was the most intimidating <laughs> yeah, you gotta be because he's a big motherfucker yeah uh, but yeah I, the, the, I, I'm really excited to see how he approaches this and because it feels like he's pulling different elements from contemporary Batman stories, and I really like that. Because mm. uh, he's using the idea that uh, Andy Serkis's Alfred is actually a badass. Like he taught him how to fight, which is like okay, so that's that's something they pulled from uh, you know curtain, current current uh, current comics. Like Jeff Johns Batman has Alfred teach him how to fight and then like what we were talking about some of what? the it looks like can some I, of the elements from arnoski are creeping into this and, ask, and, and some of that stuff i you know nobody ever uh that i can remember uh, was sitting around going you know who should be like a total badass in like secret alfred pennyworth <laughs> it's I like never, a whole show about him oh my god and it's like critic, i don't i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck i don't about fucking him. give a fuck <laughs> I'm fuck excited. Off. I'm also, you know what I'm really excited about is uh, Colin Farrell's uh, Penguin. I want to see what he could do with that character. I honestly... Um, also, Joe, uh, Zoe Kravitz is going to fucking kill it. She kills him and everything. I've in. read a lot of good stuff about her interpretation. I've read... I've read that a lot of it is a lot of this movie is character driven. Good, and I'm cool with that. Reeves himself said it's a villain story, like it's a villain's origin story, and he's not yeah, gonna. It does not look like or sound like Colin Farrell at all. So yeah. good on you already, man. And man, that fucking score is so good. That main yeah. theme, ugh. I, well, and I and I love that. The, what Matt Reeves said is he wants he wanted it more like Kurt Cobain, Bruce Wayne. So. Mm. Which I did not mean for that rhyme, to rhyme, but I like that. Bruce Wayne. But and then and Pattinson said even even his Batman voice is going to be different. He said he was going. He goes like everybody wants to do this gravelly one. I did something more of like a whisper, like more of a like a uh, something that's like just you know. And and what I've seen 
of him and I've been doing my dude they've been dropping too many fucking clips for this movie I've been just avoiding everything after I watched that last trailer I'm like I don't need to see anymore I'm gonna see this movie I'm done I don't need to see any more I don't want any more fucking clips or trailers but what I have seen yeah he has more like a deeper whisper tone which is a different interpretation because I'm all you and I have talked about this I'm, I want to see different interpretations of Batman. Sure. I want to see, because that's what comic books are about. Is mm-hmm. like Batman has so many different origin stories, like origin books. Yeah. The only uniting force is his parents are shot. That's the only thing that people are like, okay, that is the jumping off point. From there, tell however Batman story you want to tell. Yeah. You know? Except for Darren Era fucking Nofsky, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, that is a weird episode. Almost an uh, hour and a half. Talked about Bacon Fest. Talked about books. Talked about Batman. I talked about titties. At the beginning. <laughs> That's it.